Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Networks. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Coach Radio. That's audibletrial.com slash Life Coach Radio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone. It's Susan Gonzalez here. I'm so glad you could join us for our show today. Our topic um, on Create a Life You'll Love is how to balance the passion you have for what you want to do and still making a profit. So um, how you turn your passion into profit while you find the balance of feeding your soul and your bank account at the same time because they're, they're so important. Um, it's an evolving journey, too. Um, sometimes it can be exhilarating. Um, it can be a really smooth, smooth ride as an entrepreneur. And then sometimes, you know, uh, you can feel like you're on this tremendous roller coaster where you're just free-falling. Um, and as thrilling as that may be, uh, sometimes it can feel a little heart-wrenching, too. Um, but for those of us that are entrepreneurs at heart, uh, we think it's the best ride to be on. And in my show today, I am uh, so honored that we have Jeremy Southard with us. Uh, Jeremy is a lifelong entrepreneur and what I call a renaissance man, and he's going to be sharing his story with us and a little bit um, more about the journey of an entrepreneur and, and some great things to keep in mind to help you guys as you're on your journey with it as well. Um, we're going to talk about from when you start with that initial drive to capitalize on, on an idea to uh, how you battle what we call shiny object syndrome, um, to surviving those failures and staying true to yourself, all on that path to uh, making that profit. Um, because we know that it can fuel you in so many different ways, but it fuels your spirit as well, and that's so important when you're creating a life that you'll love. Um, I'm Susan Gonzalez, the Success Coach, and I've spent the past 25 years teaching people from all walks of life how to accelerate and create their own success, personally and professionally, uh, if you, from leading global organizations. And, and I have coached some of the most take-charge and kick-ass executives to leadership training with Navy SEALs and to people who just felt like they would never reach their goals. Um, I've had the pleasure of helping thousands of them become their own transformation catalysts. So if you're ready to create a life that you've dreamed about, to create your version of success and to fill in the missing gaps, I encourage you to get started. There's no better time than now to make that happen. As I mentioned, uh, our guest joining us, Jeremy, I'm going to hand it over to you. And Please tell us a little bit about yourself and um, your journey, a little bit of being an entrepreneur. Sure. Hey, Susan. Um, well, Things all kind of started when I was quite a bit younger. Um, my my extended family, there's always been this entrepreneurial spirit around them, and I'm not sure how much like my parents realized of an influence they were with that in me growing up. Um, you know, we when I was really young, we moved around a lot, and um, <clears throat> my uh, father became a pastor, and that's a very sort of um, singular sort of role 
for a, a lot of the smaller churches, and it is very much run similar to a small business and uh, like sole proprietorships and all that. Um, so seeing what he was doing with the church, and then at the same time, my mom, she had some side businesses doing uh, crafts and sewing, and, and there was a, a, a quilting circle she was a part of, and all these different things like this that um, was helping supplement the income at different times. And then even going further back, my uh, grandfather started his own business immediately after um, the Vietnam War, and him and my grandmother retired a few years ago when uh, uh, it's probably been 20 years now um, off of that. So it's just this huge sort of uh, sweeping arc throughout my family history of these entrepreneurs. And uh, it's, I would say it's kind of in my blood, and I didn't really realize that. Um, but even during uh, middle school, I was trying to convince the neighbors to let me mow their lawn and um, working two or three jobs in the summer. Just I, There was always something going on that I was interested in and learning new things. And uh, in, oh, it was around 2001, 2002, I was going to school and working for a um, software company down by the Galleria. And I started my own company on the side and really enjoyed working for myself uh, so much more in that more professional capacity than just, you know, begging the neighborhood adults to let me mow their lawn. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> moving from that um, over the years and how things have sort of changed with the economy and everything, you know, there's been different times where I've had a job at the same time as um, doing consulting or programming projects or um, all kinds of things on the side where, you know, I've, I've always got that sort of side hustle going on, right? Where um, like right now I do have a full-time job and how it plays into my entrepreneurial goals um, sort of works things out and how, you know, as, as you said, the topic today, we're talking about a balance and uh, of, of the passions and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but most recently um, I started, I, I found some investors for a, um, it's, it's a web application, but most people will think of it as a phone app. And um, was working on that in, you know, my nights and weekends, as well as still doing some side consulting while working uh, full-time for a telecommunications company. And um, the uh, running into technical hurdles and all that kind of stuff. And there's still other things going on. You know, you mentioned the shiny object syndrome. That's um, one of the, the things that definitely plagues me and I'll, you know, have an idea or see something come up and um, just it's, it's difficult for me to miss opportunities <laughs> is, is kind of the way I put it. And uh, at the same time, my <laughs> wife says that I have a hobby of collecting hobbies sometimes. And um, because I like to, you know, play video games and I'm, um, learning things all the time and, and taking some online courses and reading different business books and, and science fiction and fantasy. And, you know, so there's always stuff going on. And, um, but all of that sort of tied in together with this idea I had for an app and with um, sort of keeping track of the collections of things. And, you know, um, Jeremy, I just have to, I just have to say in that description that you were just doing, if that doesn't describe a Renaissance man, you know, I'm not sure what does because in there I heard 
so many things. First, this um, sweeping history that you mentioned of the entrepreneur spirit that is in your family and listening to all the varied interests you mentioned for them. So it's no surprise that uh, then that you are interested in so many different topics. Um, And I'm going to say talented in so many of those hobbies, hobby areas um, that your wife had mentioned, but also that drive you have to continue to stay educated. Um, You're inspired by different things that are popping up and that drive. That's that entrepreneurial drive we talk about where you're going after it. Um, You almost can't help yourself, you know. Uh, And then the challenge that you brought up too about, well, we're going to talk a little bit more in, later on in this show about bright, shiny object syndrome, but I think it hits all of us. But just what you were describing and, and bringing up there, that multiple idea generation thinking, there's a, a whole other side to you as well, too. Um, I know you have many business pursuits, but tell me a little bit more about the, the general interest that you have. Well, um, you know, one of the things, when, when I first met my wife, obviously she wasn't my wife yet, um, <laughs> there, um, she was attending the same church, and it sort of played out that on Sunday afternoons, we were just kind of hanging out and um, waiting for, like, the, the Sunday afternoon service, and we would start playing some video games. And I didn't realize how much she liked video games, and I liked video games, and we have a, a pretty large video game collection and board game collection. And um, we both absolutely love movies and different kinds of music. And I've, I've played music since I was seven years old. Oh, maybe a little, uh, maybe eight or nine. But I started out taking piano lessons and I played in the uh, band in middle school and high school. Um, part of my college tuition got paid for with music scholarships. I've played in uh, several different bands around town. Two of them, um, where we were getting pretty big and had a lot of shows going on. One of the bands I played in, in 2004, we actually got to play at uh, Six Flags Astroworld um, back whenever it was still around. So that was a, you know, a pretty big highlight. And uh, there's a yeah, festival. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there's a, a festival north of here in a town called Conroe, and they have the Conroe Cajun Catfish Festival every year. And it's this big deal with, you know, five or six stages of music all day long. And I've actually played there three different years and in two different bands. So um, a lot of fun. And, and I'm the same way with the music stuff too. Um, you know, I decided just out of the blue one day, I was like, you know, I want to learn how to play the banjo. So I, I got a banjo and started taking lessons and <laughs> I've actually uh, played on a few songs on stage on the banjo. And you know, so trumpet, guitar, banjo, drums, piano, just all kinds of diversified interests. And uh, I don't know, it's just it's just fun to me when I'm, I'm learning new things and whether it's music or business or programming or, or what have you. It's such an important component that you just mentioned there, the fun side and the things that interest you. This, this uh, curiosity, natural-born curiosity you have, um, because I know you play many instruments, don't you? you? You play the guitar as well, and probably some other. That's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. I can I can run down the list. Let me see here. Um, I started on piano, <laughs> and then trumpet, <clears throat> and then there's a instrument called the flugelhorn. It's kind of like a bass trumpet, 
um, there's a, a famous musician, uh, Chuck Mangione. He was really famous in the 70s and stuff. He's uh, famous on the flugelhorn. I think he also shows up on uh, King of the Hill a few times, but I don't know. Um, and then there's also the guitar, the bass guitar. And with the guitar, there's different kinds of guitars, not just acoustic and electric, but um, I have a 12-string acoustic guitar. I have a seven-string electric guitar that changes some of the way you play and you know the, some of the, the chord shapes are different and you can do some different sounds with it. Um, I also have a uh, dobro that my father-in-law gave me. Um, I'm still, you know, I've got a book with it and I've been going through the book and trying to learn that. And that's also very similar to the banjo with the way you roll the fingers to pick the strings and different things. The, the way those, it's interesting to see how the different instruments compare as well. Because like, if you look at a piano, you see the black keys and the white keys. But then you look at a guitar and you see all the frets. Well, if you were to lay a guitar on a piano and every black key and every white key lines up with a fret on the, the guitar. So it's, if you, can, if, if you can figure out how to play something on one, you can play the other instrument, you can pretty much figure out how to play it on the other instrument too because they're, even though they're totally different instruments, they're sort of, I mean, music is very similar and it's just down to the techniques. And uh, it's, it's I think you can, a genius, <laughs> I'm sorry to mean to catch up, a genius like you can, you know, I had never heard that, that if you lay the guitar along the side, it followed the piano keyboard. That is pretty cool. Never heard of that. Yeah, well, the, you know, the frets are a little bit different size than the keys or whatever, but they do, they do line up once you, you know, like you Concept can find little key and find where it goes and all that, yeah. And uh, that's, that's cool. what's really interesting, too, <laughs> between... Uh, programming and like science and mathematics and music um, you know you'll hear some people say uh, that uh, well math is everywhere and I have a friend of mine who's real big into math and he's he's always wanted to learn music and I said it's oh, well okay you know math so you know music you just don't understand that you know it and uh, you know things like that it's 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 interesting to find the correlation between different things like that, like the piano and the guitar, or how math can, how music can be translated into math for someone to understand it that doesn't, and things like that. So, like, like you said, there's a, a, I definitely have a certain kind of curiosity. <laughs> on, <laughs> on different it's natural, and, and again, you mentioned the other part, fun. The whole part, point of doing this is that it's fun. And I think that probably has a lot to do with why you're so successful and the ability you have, because let's not downplay that, Jeremy. I'm sure our listeners are hearing all of these things that you do, plus, you know, dedicating yourself to a full-time job and almost another full-time job with what you do with um, your enterprises that you've got going right now. And and still building in fun. And I know you like to travel. I mean, you've mentioned some of those kinds of things before and meeting people and this big uh, component of being of service to others and, and how you like to help help out because I know you have a very strong spiritual side and then you have this curiosity side. There's a certain um, responsibility side to you too where you like to get things done and then you have this unique little component in there where it's free-flowing. And I, I kind of see it as like this little river flowing past you, and you just grab the stuff as it goes by. Oh, look, I think I might want to do something with that <laughs> one and this one. And somehow, Jeremy, the genius of you that 
you're able to put all that stuff together and make it work really well. Um, now, not an easy thing to do, not at all. Well, and it doesn't always work either. So, you know, there's, there's the good with the bad. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the journey of, of uh, entrepreneurs. And I think the journey of life, too, that not everything we try is going to work, but sometimes those are the best things because it's in the things that didn't quite go how we planned or not out failed, you know, that we get the best idea or the best learning experience to use to help us move forward or to apply in another area in the future. Um, and again, it's all just, it's all good. It's all part of the journey and all helps us get where we need to go. Oh, absolutely. And there's been times where I have, uh, you know, really messed something up and I did learn more from that failure. And I mean, I can't imagine if, if everything was always a success, I don't know, that would be, that would be strange because then when you did finally have that failure, it'd be so devastating, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, with, without the failure, it seems like the, um, there would be a lack of learning um, in some cases. And I know that I, I really believe that the learning has to be a big part of it and um, not just necessarily in, in business, but also spiritually and, and, you know, other facets too. And, with working a full-time job and doing stuff on the side as well as having, you know, the home life, the family life and still playing video games with my wife and going to the movies and traveling and, and having visiting family and family coming to visit, you know, it's, it is sometimes difficult to make sure that, um, you know, my wife doesn't feel like she's neglected or, um, you know, I'm, I didn't get back with a business contact in time and, you know, and, but it, it's all just, like you said, it's a part of the journey to, you know, keep everything flowing and, and figuring out which way, which, which twists and turns need to be the ones that take priority at the time. Yeah. Going on that little road and then the juggle, because you have to juggle when you're a, a party of one, so to speak, you have a lot of things to juggle, a lot of plates spinning in the air sometimes. And, uh, I think that's the challenge in being an entrepreneur and, and stepping out on your own and, and doing things like that is trying to keep them all structured in a way so that um, not too many fall <laughs> or the things that fall are not going to derail the major purpose of what right. you're trying to do. And, um, and part of what can help. Me... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say part of what helps with that too is, um, sometimes being able to get let go and and find some help with um, some different things, and uh, you know because I originally I I work with um, a friend of mine, Bree Tobias, and um, that started out our our working relationship started out totally different, and um, I originally had contacted her about doing some virtual assistant work and you know doing some online research and. Um, handling some marketing work and things like that. And <clears throat> again, sort of with the shiny object syndrome, I, I saw this opportunity with her as an artist to, you know, approach a different niche with a new um, sort of business adventure. And uh, so in, in that case, it, you know, I, I was looking for help and found some. And, but then I also still learned from that and saw this other opportunity 
that uh, we've been working towards. And I, I'm not sure how much you want to get into that just yet about virtual assistants and all that kind of stuff yet. And Hey, whenever, however this conversation goes, that's, uh, <laughs> that's how we go. So that was a good segue in. Why don't we talk about that for a little bit? Um, some of the challenges <laughs> that happen with being the one man band, so to speak, and, um, and, and trying to, to, tie all things together. I, I'm curious about a, a few things that you were talking about before sure. and also um, how you do it. Something that comes up a lot for me with my clients, Jeremy, and also colleagues, uh, other entrepreneurs out there where we all get together and, and uh, network, is this blending of, you know, how you, how you go for the things where you need to make the money to fund what you need to do, but also how you balance that in there with other needs. So things like um, helping other people, um, the charitable side of it, um, and maybe the mentoring side. I know a lot of us, we mentor new people in. Um, the business side can be so hard, and so it's, it's kind of fun to help others out with that. And so... Um, if you don't mind, could you share a little bit with us about how you sort of stop and make sure you're getting all of those buckets full for yourself and um, and what some of those buckets are for you? Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, first, let me start with um, back in, I think it was 2009, um, my dad started up a new business and he was looking for someone to help on the technology side and being both his son and a programmer, <laughs> we, uh, it sort of <laughs> fit for us to work together. And, um, so he's, he's been running, um, his business now, I guess this is seven years. He helps people find the right people to hire and not like a, like a headhunter or like a job search board type thing, but more of, having applicants um, go through like personal profile tests and um, looking at their attributes and seeing if, you know, oh, well, this person, the way they answer these questions, it appears as though they're more like, you know, they're shy and quiet and they would not make a, a good candidate as your head of sales who's got to be outgoing and, you know, commanding and all this kind of stuff. So um, <clears throat> started out with, with, helping him uh, put together some online tools and things like that. And that's continued to grow as well. And then whenever I started um, picking up investors for um, this application, this uh, sort of collections cataloging application, um, there was, there's always a point where I, I, I enjoy working by myself and being sort of, like you said, the one-man band, but I, I know my limitations and know there are certain things that I can't do. Um, so at, there's a certain point where I reach where, you know, I can do the programming, but I can't do, you know, the artwork or uh, logos or things like that. And that's where I've made friends over the years that are designers or um, artists. Or I've gone to, um, there's a website, Fiverr.com, for um, video editing or uh, uh, editing of, of copy 
that is created for a sales page and things like that. So it, it, at a certain point I realized that, hey, I, I know this is good, but it's not good enough, and I know that I can't take it to that next level, so I need to look for help. And that has been difficult. And um, that's sort of the same thing I saw my dad go through in 2009 whenever he's you know, running the business along, but then he needed some more technology involved to really reach the vision that he was looking for. And I've hit that point several times with a couple of different ventures of mine too. Um, and like I said, I had originally was talking with uh, Bree about coming on as a virtual assistant and helping with some marketing and research stuff. And then she um, is, she's uh, like, she is a professional artist and she's taught art classes in schools and does these amazing paintings and, and drawings and all this kind of stuff. And we just kept talking about it, it kept coming up. And I was like, you know, you're doing all this art stuff and we should, we should do something with that. <laughs> and so that's how uh, we came up with Art Supply Guide. And artsupplyguide.com is a website that Brie is the, the, the prominent voice and prominent face of it where she does um, uh, free tutorials and reviews of art products and um, like demo videos and things like that of different uh, paints and clay and paper and pens and uh, styles and, and techniques and just all these, all these different things. And from that, what we've done is we've built some online art courses. And, uh, you know, the, the tutorials kind of give sort of a, a preview of the style of uh, how the courses are run and all that. And so we've got these, so we, we've taken, and, and actually next month will be one year that um, we've been uh, building Art Supply Guide. And which is, it's, it's a big deal because a lot of times, I, I don't think, I, I, I definitely know I couldn't have gotten that far without Brie because I'm not an artist, <laughs> first of all, and that's like the main <laughs> focus. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal for you know, both of us to be sticking with it for that long already. And, um, but we've gone from, you know, just a few product reviews to, to building up over the year with, um, we have three courses available right now, a fourth one coming out soon, and they're different uh, mediums, different styles, as well as, um, I mean, we're, we're looking at all kinds of different angles too. Um, on, on the, product review posts, there's Amazon affiliate links, you know, and things like that where people are like, oh, I really like, you know, this is a nice review of these three different uh, pens that you can use with the India ink. I want to buy this one and then here's the links and we get a piece of that sale. So there's, you know, all these different avenues there that we're working as well. At the same time, I am also still doing some consulting and uh, website projects that are usually like one and done kind of things where a company gets in touch with me and they, you know, ask for a proposal and with this website with these features and these pages and this information. And um, we go back and forth on design and put it together. And it's, you know, it's, it's definitely not an, an ongoing sort of a thing, but with each client. And I used to do that a lot back between like 2002 and 2007, but it was always difficult to, look for the next job while finishing up the current job. 
you know, look, look for the next client while completing the first, the, the current client's work. Um, because you want to get them in and done as fast as you can, but then you have to have something else lined up after that. And either way you go, it's, it's not like getting a paycheck. It's, you know, on a per project basis. And uh, right, so I, right. I knew that I didn't want to go back into that as much. And which is why seeing an opportunity like um, with Bree and Art Supply Guide and this app, and then I've got some other affiliate um, things that I'm, I'm selling as well. And we're building up email lists and all this kind of stuff, more of a sort of an internet marketing sort of take on it opposed to a uh, web design firm take on things like I did before just to, it, to stay away from that constant search. Right. And right. Wow. You mentioned some really great things uh, in there, Jeremy. Let me just go back a little bit and um, uh, add something to there. Love the way you talk about this organic growth of Art Supply Guide, how it started with you were looking for a virtual assistant, <laughs> not even to launch this. And I think it's just such a great example of what you do, the way you operate. Um, and also this one had a lot of tie into what I said before was this part where you actually like to help people a lot. Being of service, um, I, it's very, very important to you. I know this about you. And so here's a great example of the purpose where you went into this was twofold, to create a win for everyone. The win for you is that you needed a virtual assistant. And the win for Bree was it gave her a little something else to do and, and was very helpful. But how you capitalized in the moment on, well, hold on a second. There's way more to this than meets the eye. And it turned into something completely different but a great, great example of how you go with the flow and um, make things work and relying on someone else to help you do it. So here's the big question. She was going to be your virtual assistant, clearly not your virtual assistant now, so you had to go and hire another virtual assistant. Is that right? Well, eventually, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, because as we were setting things up there, there was a lot of, um, you know, that that – Art Supply Guide project took up a lot of time to get it rolling. And, uh, again, I'm real heavy on the tech side. She's real heavy on the art side. So um, it, it worked real well, again, um, getting that going. And once that's been rolling, um, I actually have a coworker at my full-time job who's from India. And he has a niece who's in India that um, she's going to college right now, and she was looking for – and I, her parents were interested in her finding some work on the side, not too much because she's focusing on her school and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was just talking to him one day about it. And um, there's, there's several websites out there like Odesk and Freelancer and Fiverr where you can find people for one-off jobs or even put together a contract with somebody. And But you never really know who you're going to get. And at, at one point, I had three contract programmers working with me through Odesk. And um, there was a guy from Egypt and a guy from uh, Bangladesh and a guy from India. And, you know, the different ones have their different strengths. And one of the guys, he just wasn't working out. And so you never really know because you don't know the people. And um, so my coworker was telling me that 
his his niece was looking for something and um she you know speaks and writes english perfectly fine and all of that and uh like okay well let me give that a try because it's i had gone through i think three other people i had tried some i had known some i had met through fiverr.com and things like that and things just didn't really play out right and you know a lot of people either were expecting uh way more hours of work um than than was able to initially give them too and uh, cuz i was like you know we're spending like 3 to 5 hours a week just to start and maybe in 6 months or a year it would be more than that and uh, that turned off a lot of people which i understand and um other people just wanted to do it on a, a project by project basis well my problem with that was if I now I come to you with the next project and you're not available because you're doing a lot of project by project stuff, then I'm, you know, I'm not going to get my stuff done. So um, it, it sort of just, again, like you said, it, it organically worked out in this way. And I got in touch with uh, his, his niece, uh, her name is Varsha and uh, she's, um, she's done four, big research projects for me now um, and gathering different information from the internet with uh, potential sales contacts and, and putting together some spreadsheets of, of various information and specific things I'm looking for, for uh, businesses and things like that for different products. And that's really worked out because, um, you know, it's, it's able, instead of me spending that time to do that, I now have, time to spend on the higher priority things. Not that that's not high priority, but there's higher priority than, you know, finding all these contacts um, for potential sales. And the the way I initially framed it to Bree whenever we were talking about her becoming my virtual assistant was basically I have my to-do list of, I don't know, 50, 60 things. And if I'm working top down, the bottom 30 never get touched. So I was looking for somebody to sort of start at the bottom and work their way up while I'm working down. And even if I never get below 20 without more coming in, at least below 20 will eventually happen. And uh, Right, because, so like a sandwich approach, a sandwich approach that's coming from both ends. Right. You know, you mentioned so many, so many um, things that are important for all entrepreneurs to know, but if you're new and you're starting out, um, I want to recap some of them for our listeners just to, to make sure. One of them is uh, the diverse revenue streams here that Jeremy's talking about. Is It all falls under sort of the same umbrella. These diversified out. Some things have to do more with uh, apps and in a more technical side, he mentioned something um, to do with what people would consider a phone app. Um, and then the artistic venture with Bree, which is, uh, a little bit different, all online. So they have some components there where they're all virtual, but different setups with it and and um, different outcomes, expectations of revenue. Because for some of them, there was no expectation for revenue attached when you first started. Um, you did it just for the pure passion and fun of doing it. And then um, organically, it morphed itself into something that could be one of those great tie-ins together where your passion leads to some profit and you can help others do it as well. Um, those are really key things to keep uh, on the lookout for because they fuel you. Um, and then the other part in here, um, 
that you mentioned was knowing when to let go, um, knowing when you need help and you need somebody else to do it. And uh, again, you, you described all of these different um, ways that you tried different things to figure out what was going to work for you. Elance, um, Fiverr, all of those different type of um, online virtual assistant programming um, places where you can go and you, you put your little thing of what you need and they give you a bid and, and you get to try them out. And it's a good way to go try things without spending a, a lot of money up front because if it doesn't work out, you're not out too much Fiverr. It's like $5, you know, so um, absolutely, those are good techniques to do too. And then the other part is networking, you know, talking to people um, and networking, what I call networking your network, because all the people that you work with, the people that you know, you, they usually have uh, somebody in mind or they know someone that they can recommend for you. Um, again, just so you can try it to see, because if you try to do everything all on your own, um, like you said, Jeremy, it's pulling you away. It's not that you can't do it. I think the bigger question to ask yourself is should you be the one doing it? If it's pulling you away from the bigger um, pieces, priorities that your talents and strengths need to be working towards, um, you might want to stop and say, you know, this isn't the best use of my talents. How else could I do this? Because, again, the goal at the end is we are trying to make some profit here. We want to change the world, but we also want uh, we have to make a living with it as well. And that's that balance side and balance piece. Um, to come in there and, and take it out. I don't know if it was for you, Jeremy, but for many of us, when we first have to hand stuff off, especially if you've been so involved in the creation of it, it's like your little baby and you do it your way. If you hand it off to someone else, they may not do it the exact way. And that can cause some people to hold on uh, when they really need to let go. I'm curious, were you ever uh, finding yourself in that situation? Well, it's it's going to sound maybe a little crazy, but absolutely, first of all. And the, the biggest situation <laughs> that I can think of here was, you know, as I said, I'm not an artist. And whenever we were putting, uh, we were laying the groundwork for Art Supply Guide. And, you know, uh, we're, I was showing Brie how to make the posts. And we started figuring out what we're going to do about, because uh, we also do a podcast each month and um you know i'm i'm not an artist and other than a few technical things with the site i really don't have a lot to do with the the content itself but because i still feel that um like you said it, it's it's like a parent child relationship with with the project it was very difficult for me to let it go even when i couldn't even do it you know, I mean, I know I, I mean, I can draw a stick figure, but I can't draw, you know, uh, or, or do these mural paintings, all this kind of stuff. So there's no reason why I would even try to do this, but it was very difficult to turn that over to Bree. And I even told her that I'm like, you know, you have no idea how hard this is for me and I can't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't even do the task. And, uh, every once in a while she'll, we'll have a meeting and she'll say something about now. I, I know it's difficult for you to, to turn stuff over, but I can start taking care of this if you want. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll try it. You know, that's the thing, right? I'll say, Oh, we'll try it. Like it's going to be a, uh, like a, like a trial period with a, a test or something, but 
it, it never comes back. You know, I mean, she's, she's great at what she does and there's no way I could match what she does. <laughs> and so it's definitely <laughs> sounds like a perfect, yeah, perfect partnership, but it's so true. And that's another thing for people to be aware of as you're going out that um, you don't need to do it all. It's not actually not reasonable for you to do it all. And, um, so finding those resources and finding support features so important to helping you continue on and have your success. I want to take just a moment right now and uh, remind our listeners of our wonderful sponsor, Audible.com. They have over 180,000 online books that uh, you can have access to. And as Russ Terry mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you go to audibletrial.com.lifecoachradionetwork, you get a 30-day uh, free trial and a free book to download. And if you're interested in trying out one of Audible's books that's tied in with this topic, um, one I can recommend for you is Delivering Happiness. It's the Zappos story, and it's uh, very enlightening. It's by um, Tom... Heist, and then uh, another one is how to start a profitable blog for all of our bloggers out there if you're interested in doing a blog and making a little side money. And that one is by David Lim. And so that is audibletrial.com.lifecoachradionetwork and get your free trial going on audible.com today. Uh, so now back to the show. Um, we've talked about quite a few things already, Jeremy and um why don't we delve into right now? We've made mention to it. We've kind of thrown it out there. Let's talk about bright, shiny object syndrome. <laughs> I love this one. I suffer from it greatly. Um, and I know so many others do too, um, like you. Bright, shiny object syndrome. It's, it's that we're challenged. There's so many ideas out there, and we just want to capitalize on all of them. But the problem is we want to capitalize on all of them all at the same time. And let's face it, there's right. no way we can do that. Um, but the draw is that new idea captures your imagination and intention. And you know what? It can distract you and take you away from the bigger picture you're working on or a top priority or something you're already committed to. And you can also end up going off in so many different tangents that you lose sight of that end goal that's really important to have. Um, but boy, there's a lot of excitement and energy when you're starting something new. And, um, sometimes it's hard to say, I can't do that. Um, and maybe a better way to do it is I can't do that now. So I'm not saying no, I'm saying no in this moment because, um, there's other things to do. Uh, we don't want to lose sight of what we're trying to accomplish. And also you don't want to, you know, waste a lot of time and you don't want to waste a lot of money. Right pursuing all these different tangents and things. Um, so I'm curious, Jeremy, what's your, what has your experience been with this? And maybe some tips on how you've managed to keep yourself on track. Well, um, I am definitely a, a heavy sufferer <laughs> of shiny <laughs> object syndrome. Um, I mean, there's – I. You know, one of one of my hobbies is um, tinkering with electronics, and there's a development board called the Arduino, and there's the Raspberry Pi. These are like little tiny computers about the size of a credit card that you can hook up sensors and all these kind of things to. And even 
my hobbies, it's very easy the same way as with business to um, see this new idea and, you know, buy a bunch of stuff and then it sits in a box and never gets put together. Um, <laughs> or, you know, I, there's a, um, just, there's, there's just so much stuff out there. Like you said, it is very easy to get distracted. And with, um, with business, it's, it's kind of like if, if you're building a neighborhood and you're working on one house and you're not going to make any money until you sell it. So then why would you stop working on that house to start on the next house to the stop working out to start on the third house? Well, now you just have three unfinished houses that nobody wants to buy. And it's, it, it is difficult when things come up and have these ideas and, you know, or especially when there's somebody else involved. I mean, if, if I see something, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I could, you know, do these three things with it and make a new website and start marketing it to this group of people. And, but it's easy, easier for me when it's just me seeing that and thinking all that to just write it down. I've got this notebook, pages and pages and pages of ideas. Put it in a notebook. I can come back to it later. But when somebody else comes to me and says, hey, I've got this idea, listen to this, and here's, you know, here's the target market. Here's what I want to do. It's very difficult for me to hold back and say, Oh, I'm sorry. I can't because first of all, I see their passion and that helps fuel my passion. And I like helping people so much. And it's a sort of, you know, struggle with that all the time. And, uh, it's, 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 it almost, it's very painful to tell somebody no. And it's been hard to learn how to do that. But, um, you know, I have back in January, I took a, a three-day weekend, and I, I called it my business retreat. I was completely disconnected from everything uh, except for about two hours on the Saturday. We had to record a podcast. But um, was completely disconnected from the Internet, wasn't checking email, wasn't answering the phone. Um, for several hours of it, I wasn't even listening to music. And I'm real big into music. I listen to music all the time. So that was <laughs> – another difficult thing for me, but it was to put myself in a place where I wasn't where I normally was. So I could think about my goals and, um, you know, for the business and for my family and for my career and all these different things. So that it maps out this plan so that when all these shiny objects pop up on the side of the road, I'm not pulling over and chasing a rabbit into the park. And, that that was extremely helpful taking that time to map out the plan for the next 12 months and also give myself uh milestones to gauge my progress by and you know one of one of the things um cuz i i've been working with you as a, you've been well i see the other way around you've been working with me <laughs> as my <laughs> business coach for uh over a year now and one of the hardest things that you helped me overcome was this idea that, you know, if I give myself a deadline and I miss it, well, I gave myself the deadline. Something else either took my attention away or was more difficult than expected or whatever. It's not just, oh, it's missed, it's done, this is bad. It's, okay, something happened, that's fine. Now let's move beyond the missed and work on getting back on track. And 
I'm sure you remember there was a lot of times I was just beating myself up. I'm like, look, I didn't finish that this month. And I, you know, that was the goal that was set. And, but at the same time, I also, you know, there was a family trip and there was, you know, uh, extra work at my full-time job and all those other things. And, uh, or, or sometimes it's just, I legitimately had a Saturday. It was like, you know what? I just want to watch TV. And it was a decision I made at that time. Right. Um, and it's, I do. I do remember some of those. Uh, I remember some of those conversations. And you're not the only one either, um, Jeremy, with that. <clears throat> many, many of my clients, um, and myself included, you know, we've all, we've all struggled with that. But the retreat that you did was um, so powerful and such a great idea to share with other people because what it did is, like you said, it helped you reconnect to the want to in here. And I think that's an important thing for people to remember is you're doing it because you want to. Well, what's the reason that you want to do it? Uh, the energy behind wanting to do something and have, and the energy behind having to do something is very different. The energy behind wanting to is what we call anabolic energy. It's a building up energy. The energy behind having to do something feels like obligation and and it, it's catabolic, so it's more of a tearing down energy. And you want to tap into the things, especially in creation, you're looking for what do you want. So what's the ultimate goal and what are the reasons you're really doing it? And a lot of times um, it doesn't have a lot to do with money. You need the money to make it happen, but the real reason why you're doing it is for a certain lifestyle you want to have, a certain sense of satisfaction and fulfillment that you're looking for, um, the contribution that you want to make to the world because humans, you know, we're wired to want to make a meaningful contribution and the full use of our potential and talents, those are all drivers. They're business drivers, but they're the most important drivers in human development as well. And so when you can tap into this is what I want to do. And um, I think that was part of the key of what we did together, Jeremy, was helping you figure out what are the true wants that you wanted in here. And now, once you have that set, prioritizing that in, into a plan so that you capitalize on it. And here's what I mean by that for all of our listeners. Jeremy knows it. <laughs> we did it together, <laughs> but here uh, for the rest of you. One of the things that's really important to remember is, especially when you're doing it all, is when you say yes to, some, to one thing, um, you're you're saying no to something else, and so it's helping people realize um, if I've already made the commitment to something that's so important to my purpose, my values, my vision, all of these things that I've laid out, and I'm putting all of this time, financing, energy behind, um, then it's important that I fulfill those. So I've made this commitment over here. Now, it doesn't mean that you never get to say uh, yes to other things, but you need to, to balance that out. And here's an example of how to do that. Sometimes we may be in a little board space with it, or um, like you said, Jeremy, somebody comes in in person and, oh, my gosh, if they're good, a good salesperson, oh, they're so hard to resist, or a good idea. And when someone's in front of you, it's harder, it's harder to say the no. But the question that uh, Jerry, Jeremy and I worked out for him was, if this was, um, if you moved this appointment that you've set with yourself to get these things done 
if that was a $100,000 contract, would you still let that other interruption come in? And the answer became really quickly fat, no. So that sort of helps you. It's like, but this plan that you had, that's, that is the $100,000 or the million dollar, whatever your financial end goal is. That is what you're working on. So when you say no to that, just remember you're saying no to the end. And um, I don't know, Jeremy, I felt like that was a really big uh, tool for you to use that helped you prioritize and stay on track with a lot of those things. Absolutely. And something else that um, helped reinforce all that as well, there's um, an author, Jim Collins, who's written several business books. And in, I think it was Good to Great, he was talking yeah. about the musts and the wants. And he was saying, you know, and, and I'm definitely paraphrasing and putting my own spin on it, I guess. But really, there's nothing that you have to do. You just – you could say, oh, well, I have to go to work and I have to get my paycheck. And, well, why? Because I have to pay the bills. Well, why? Because I don't want the consequences of not paying the power bill. Like, okay, so you don't have to go to work. You're choosing to go to work because you don't want the consequences of not. And so turning everything into that want – it's like, oh, well, now I'm happy to go to work because I know I'm going to be able to pay the power bill and I can watch TV or whatever, you know. Um, that sort of shift in thinking, like, oh, I, I have to work these extra hours. Well, you don't have to, but what's the consequences? If you don't, well, if I don't, I'll lose my job. Do you want to lose your job? No. So do you want to work these extra hours? Well, yeah, because yeah. I don't want to lose my job. <laughs> okay, so you do. <laughs> you know, and and yeah, part of all of that together as well with um, – you know, it. even if you're working by yourself, it's important to surround yourself with people that sort of understand either what you're doing, not necessarily the details of, oh, well, he's using this type of programming language or whatever, but understands your goals and that you can, they will support you and you can see them in their own when they're in the same place as you. Because like there's a, a friend of mine who runs a, a fitness coaching business, Vincent, uh, Vincent Rose. And he's just this amazing guy with the encouragement and all this kind of stuff. And he talks about, he has six Saturdays and one Sunday a week, you know, cause he's making that life. Like we're talking about that he wants. And, uh, there are these uh, two brothers up in Canada, um, Rob and James Anderson, and they've got a business partner and they're doing all this stuff for, um, the artist community and musicians community as a whole, to help them be able to um, get recognized and start getting their, their works out there and um, becoming an actual like paid artist and not the starving artist that's, you know, hidden away in the, in the basement kind of thing. <laughs> um, you know, and, and even here locally, I have a, a friend who's a musician, Ashley Warhol. She's uh, an amazing singer and with, you know, they're, they're playing a lot of uh, shows around town and they're getting some shows out of town and they, um, she's really, pushing with uh, the band as a business and they've got, uh, you know, sponsorships now and all this kind of stuff. So you, if you surround yourself by these people, even if it's digitally, right. Cause I'm not in Canada, but, um, and, and these are the people you talk to and they understand where you're going and you can see where they're going. It, it's very encouraging as well. So you may see these other, you know, there's the shiny objects around you and you feel bad because you're missing deadlines and you have to do this and you have to do that. But when you have this group of people around you that are sort of in the same place and making things happen and can help support you as well as, you know, spouse and family, 
um, it's, it's really easy to sort of see all this going on and get back on track as well. And it's, it's really yeah. important to have that support as well under you. Cause even though it's, you know, oh, the entrepreneur, the solo, uh, you know, solopreneur or the solo proprietor, sole proprietorship and all this kind of stuff. It's all me, 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 single person. I'm doing everything, but not really. You know, there's there's more to it than that because one person can't do it all without the support of all these other people, whether it's socially or, um, you know, uh, a, a virtual assistant or a partner and all this kind of stuff. So it's definitely important to have that group. It's almost like having your own dream team, support team around you. You know, like if you could find the people that fuel your spirit fuel the passion that you have, but also uh, the blending of the practicality side of it as well because you're not in it all alone. Um, and like you said, it's so crucial to have that kind of network and that kind of support to keep you going on the path that you want to be on and also help you generate the kind of excitement, momentum, and things like that that you actually need to take something from initiation to completion and um, – you know, have those, go find them if you haven't found them yet. So a couple of tips that we've talked about um, throughout the show, I just want to recap them really quickly for our listeners. One is to know that um, you might have to say no to some things and a way to help you figure out um, what to do is, you know, ask yourself what has to drop off my radar in order for me to start something new. Um, And if you feel like, you have too many projects open sitting on your desk. Stop and, and look and see, okay, which one of these is going to have the most impact on moving me forward? Um, the balance between fun and work, because sometimes the reason why we have bright, shiny object syndrome is it's more fun to go after that new idea and the possibility um, than to put in some of the hard work that goes behind it. So remind yourself why, are, why you're doing this, the purpose behind it the want to in there that you're, that you're looking to have. And then that um, last tip that is so crucial that Jeremy mentioned, and that is, you know, have the people around you that can help you and help you tremendously so that you are blending that path to profit um, and helping blend it with your current financial needs as well so that um, you're able to maximize everything that's coming in there. And Jeremy, thank you for mentioning that you had coaching. Um, I, uh, I feel it's safe for me to say that that would be a recommendation that Jeremy would make for anyone going through this is uh, find a good coach, find a good business coach for you uh, or a personal Absolutely. coach, whatever kind of coach, but um, it, it makes a big difference. It can help you get to the heart of what you really want. Um, and yeah, Jeremy, and if what you do need- you think was the biggest benefit from it, from coaching? Really just the mindset change and sort of understanding of what I wanted versus where I was and where I needed to go. And because it's, it's not like I, you know, quit my job or, or, you know, made these drastic life changes. You know, everybody has 24 hours in a day. How are you using them? And that really helped me focus and pull myself out of the rut. And uh, uh, well, I say pull myself out, but it, it helped pull me out. <laughs> that's great. No, you did it. That's the whole, the great part about coaching is the person becomes the client becomes a catalyst for themselves. And that's, 
music to my ears to hear you say that uh, because I, I, uh, that's the goal. Um, and as we always say, all good coaches have coaches ourselves. We know the power of it too. So um, if you're curious about it, highly recommend that uh, you try it out. Um, Jeremy, as we wrap up the show, any new ventures coming your way or any gigs that you're playing in? Uh, well, I don't have any shows planned. Um, you know, I'm, I've been a backup bassist for a friend's band for a little while and uh, haven't really done anything there since October. But, um, I mean, there, I, I have been putting together some online courses for sort of business tools and training for, like, um, some marketing things that work for me and um, sort of some mindset change stuff for entrepreneurship and um, things like that. Um, I've got a new website I'm putting together. It's called eliminateguesswork.com. And um, right now there's a couple of different um, courses available there already. Um, Some of them are like how to do certain things in WordPress and things like that, that, you know, sort of nitty gritty business stuff that aren't necessarily business directed, but, you know, to help you parts of your business. Um, uh, But I do have, uh, there's an ebook on there about the entrepreneurial mindset. And um, if, if, if you don't mind, I would like to give a uh, coupon code to your listeners to get that for free. Absolutely. If, uh, and Jeremy, tell yeah, them okay. how they can uh, reach you as well, um, your email or Facebook or any kind of website information you want to share with them as well. Okay, sure. Well, if you go to eliminateguestwork.com, uh, one of the cor- uh, courses there is on entrepreneurship. And it's um, it's really it's not a full blown course. It's an ebook, and it's seventeen dollars. But if you use the coupon code radio, uh, you can get the ebook for free. And um, if if you're interested in reaching out to me, I'm on Twitter at Adam underscore Cove is my Twitter handle. Um, if you go to, like I said, eliminateguesswork.com, you can get in contact with me through there. Um, I'm on Facebook, Jeremy Southerd. Um, that's mostly it. Um, my actual company is called Adam Cove Software, and it's an LLC. And the company tagline is Eliminate Guesswork, Enjoy Life. Because if you're worried about all this kind of stuff, and you're, you know, you're having to make guesses on how to do all these different things, and you're really not enjoying yourself. So that's where the Eliminate Guesswork sort of came from out of the, the slogan there to um, help with uh, small businesses that are, you know, they're trying to put up a website and they're wanting to do like a news page or whatever. Um, You know, here's some information on WordPress or here's, you know, other things like that. A lot of it right now is geared towards WordPress and marketing. And I've got some more marketing stuff coming up, but I'm making sure it works first before I try and (laughs) tell people how to do it. (laughs) Always good to do. That's always a good thing. Okay, well, great. Thank you. Okay, um, so for our listeners, please reach out to Jeremy at any of the um, contact information that he shared with you, and um, we'll send out something on Facebook as well uh, so you guys can see that. Um, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me today, sharing your journey, um, and some of the great tips and learning experiences that you've had along the way. Um, as you continue on your journey of the entrepreneurship and and creating the kind of life that you love and want. 
to share with yourself and your family. I appreciate it so much. Again, thank you for, for joining us today. Um, and thank you and for everyone the opportunity. Else again. Oh, you are my pleasure. You are welcome. Anytime, Jeremy. <laughs> Um, And again, I'm Susan Gonzalez. If you want to learn more about coaching, I offer a complimentary coaching session to anyone who's interested. You can find out more about that on my website, which is www.makeityourmark.com. If you're interested in my book by the same title, Make It Your Mark, you can also find information on how to order that through Amazon or if you're in the... uh, uh, San Antonio area. It's offered through Twig Bookstore. Um, and I offer live trainings as well as webinars. So go out to my website, check it out. Love to hear from you. And thank you so much for joining us today. And that is going to wrap up the show. Bye-bye.